Hey guys, this is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Much love. Aight. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. So it begins. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. It's the same old Chargers. You defaulted on your mortgage and your loan repaints your car. Can I have the keys? Brace yourself very hard for this. Oh yeah, 100%. We are definitely cursed. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news, we preview and review every Chargers game of the season, and we bring you the hottest takes or hottest rants around. I wonder which one we'll get this week. Um, Week three is in the books. The Chargers played the Panthers. It was a game everyone thought would win, Um, and in true Chargers style, as has been the case over the last few years, we found a way to lose it. 16-21. Um, Herbert nearly won the game with a last drive of 99 yards that was fumbled away by Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. I think we'll debate that amongst the team whose fault that was. Um, we did get the Eastern Stick era. That began and ended as quickly as it began uh, without a pass or a, a run or a play being, being taken. We're going to be reviewing the game. We're going to be previewing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tom Brady franchise coming, uh, going over to there to to play them in sunny Florida. And we're going to be answering more of your questions. Thank you again for getting in touch. We've got uh, some zingers this week to go through. I'm joined by my three amazing co-hosts, as always. First up, the man who's feeling a bit down in the dumps, John Moss Jr. Good evening, Bez. Trying to stay positive. <laughs> Just, I, I hear the heartbreak in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not alone because we've also got someone who's ready to turn into the Incredible Hulk uh, if a coach makes the slightest wrong decision, and that's John Ayres. Oh, we got a new coach on the hot seat today, that is for sure. I love it, I love it. Um, and the last but not least, the guy I'm most furious about this week, and that's Dan King because his bloody jersey arrived, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm furious! <laughs> no, it's absolutely beautiful. It's been it's looked great on telly. It looks even better on you, my friend. Um shame that we're not coming through uh through video for uh, our listeners to see, but uh, I'm sure if they go on Twitter, they'll be able to see uh, a picture of the jersey, I bet. Um what you're drinking to drown your sorrows of another loss. I'm going to water ban until further notice until the charges <laughs> win. I'm not drinking water ever again. I'm I'm on a I'm on a uh Blueberry crank set stout, going hard. I like it. <laughs> tastes tastes like it tastes vile, by the way. <laughs> Just like the last. <laughs> so you're drinking a drink as you're drinking as bad a drink as bad as the Chargers performance. Yeah. I like it. Staying consistent. Beautiful, beautiful. Very true. Now, come on, Dan. You must have something special in store for us this week. I've got two drinks. Um, <gasps> one is water <laughs> um, <laughs> because I'm struggling through a headache. Uh, the other is a Gypsy Hill Cat Cat. A what? Gypsy Hill what? Hepcat. Man. If we don't get it's some sponsorship from a random brewery, I've no idea what we're doing wrong. <laughs> I love it. Well, look, guys, let's get straight into the meat of the action, which is this disappointment in uh, at home in SoFi Stadium. We are naught for two in our, in our home. Miserable. Um, can understand the Chiefs coming to town, but this was the one we all had down as a win. All of our predictions were for us to to beat the Panthers. We gave them their first win um, under their coach. We gave them their first win in, I think it was 10 games, was it not? Um, 
we all said it was going to be comfortable. And then we saw Christian McCaffrey was injured and we all celebrated in this easy victory that was coming. The listeners said the Chargers would win. They said we'd score between 20 and 30 points. And they said we'd hold them to below 10 points. Twitter listeners, you were wrong. We were wrong. We did what the Chargers always seem to do when we think it's going to be comfortable. And we lost. Not only did we lose, that we were absolutely dreadful with penalties, with mishaps, with miscommunications, with poor coaching. There's so many negatives. Injuries. It's really disappointing. It's burst a lot of bubbles. Um, I mean, guys, what's, what's your biggest takeaways from this game? Did you see anything positive? And, and what are the negatives that, that most disappointed you guys? Dan? Um, yeah, it, it was it wasn't great, was it? Um, negatives. I don't think you can look any further than the O line, um, or just just the play in general. Was was that unprepared, subpar kind of performance? Um, there's a couple of bright spots, but not really much. I mean, um, we had a couple of good punts. Um, is that is that really worth anything? No, but but we did. Sure, we didn't pin them down at their one-yard line, but yeah, I don't have a lot to take away from this, and I kind of feeling like I don't want to dwell on it for too long. <laughs> in and Especially out, in with and out. Um, with the wife being a Panthers fan. Oh Yikes. my god, your house must be unbearable. Oh yeah, and that was her birthday. Oh. And, oh. <laughs> no, and I think I remember you saying last week that it wasn't going to be a positive place. Didn't yeah. she even say, "Oh, it's going to be really... now"? She's lording it over you. Nah, nah, she's no. been good about it. So, <laughs> oh, I, I lucky man. The way around. <laughs> I think she's too tired to care by that point. Like, she's she's like seven and a half months pregnant, so staying up that late was tough in and of itself. But let's just hope you didn't gamble which team the uh, baby will support based on who won that game. Oh no, it's only charges. <laughs> so I need someone to oh. share in this pain. Oh well, ba- <laughs> baby Justin uh, has all our support. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that that Panthers display was straight out of the Antillean textbook. No turnovers. Let the opposition beat themselves. Stay disciplined. Um, low penalties. Low mistakes. And you come out with a victory that's uninspiring, which is my negative opinion of Anthony. Um, but at the same time, our team has the potential and, and we have bright sparks. We have really good players that show up and then we have stupid errors, mistakes, weak spots, injuries, poor coaching decisions. Um, I mean, I was really excited about um, about Herbert again. I stood there and I thought, I can't remember what it was. I think it was against... Off the top of my head, I think it was against the Raiders a few years ago. And it's the Rivers 99 and a half yard drive where he goes, that was nine and a half and a half. Don't forget the half. Awful accent there, sorry. Um, but, it, <laughs> but you know, Rivers, you know, you, you got it in that game and took it the entire length of the field. And, and when Justin got that opportunity in his second career game, I thought there's no way this is this is going to be, you know, disgraceful interception. It's going to be a mistake. And he, he, he won the game for the team. It was it was unfortunately Keenan Allen's fault for a poor pass to Eckler and Eckler's fault for not holding on to it. We should have won that game. And then you come out thinking we played really badly against pretty poor team, but we won. And instead, 
you've beaten yourself chargers but we're brilliant at it we are well versed in it it's different names in different positions with different coaches and it's the same old chargers um and i have more negatives than positives i'm so annoyed with the o-line it is trash and i know there are injuries but why are high paid players we were excited about in the off season injured consistently why pipkins he was my guy he was dismal burns burned him time and again um there were no bright spots for me across that line. We couldn't particularly run it. The pass protection was awful. Justin Herbert nearly got destroyed. Um, awful that hit he took. The middle of the field, we can't cover it on defence. The linebackers, Harris, then Michael Davis as well. No no player can cover the middle. There was, there was a moment I tweeted, it's third and long for the Panthers. They're going to pass it easy up the middle for a first down. And then they did. If I can see it, the Panthers can see it and take advantage of it. So miserable. Um, it, it's deflating. It leaves a bad taste in the mouth, much like the uh, the the awful bitter Chianti I'm drinking here to drown my sorrows. Was can you see any positives, or are you on uh, the negative train with me? So Monday morning, I got up for work and I actually felt like somebody just knocked on my door and said, "Excuse me, sir." You've defaulted on your mortgage and your loan repayments on your car. Can I have the keys? Honestly, that's how I felt. Look at the box score. And as John's already alluded to, I hate that word. I don't know why I use it. We basically, on paper, looked better than the Panthers. But it boils down to two things. Turnovers, four. Penalties, eight for 60 yards. It's unacceptable. That is going to hurt us. You know, we've got some good football players. We're not a bad football team. We are just not executing. And, you know, the coaches can do all the work on the field, on the practice field, but ultimately the players are going to come down in clutch plays and execute. I mean, Eckler, you'd have put your house or your life savings on him um, converting that hook and ladder. You know, instead we played snakes and ladders. It's just ridiculous. I mean... I should have known better in the run-up to this game when I was, um, John and I were, were doing the preview for charged.bolts.com. There's me writing about the Panthers have had three pressures coming into this game. What happened on the third play? Sack. He couldn't make it up. The, the, the Panthers couldn't spell sack coming into this game. And then they, they come away with, with two. I mean, Brian Burns and Marquise Haynes, they absolutely burned um, our right tackle all afternoon and it, it, it was it was a bit soul destroying really um we missed melvin ingram i didn't i don't feel like we got enough pressure on the quarterback and and from early on the game looked like um when we played new england in the playoffs when when Bowser and ingram couldn't get past trent brown that's what it felt like i was like what is going on here i mean two quarterback hits Joey and Rayshon Jenkins. That's not what's required against somebody like Teddy yeah, Bridgewater. Trent, Trent, Trent Scott, MVP. Yeah. You know, surely him at left tackle. Jesus I mean, wept. talk about mistakes. Jerry Tillery, what was he doing on that field goal? Um, I, and, and that's not the first time because Square had to tell him in the last yeah. game, which is what your exactly. point was, yeah. Dan. And, and, and he doesn't tell him this time. Why are you still making the same stupid-ass mistakes? I mean, look... I, You're I, a grown-ass I, football player. T- we, we, we've, we've raved about uh, Jerry throughout the first uh, couple of weeks. And I don't want to beat him up too much. It's the same with, with, with Eckler. 
you know, another 100 yard game on the ground in the air, but ultimately it was his fumble that cost us the game. The charges well, are re- Keenan Allen's throw, yeah, which was terrible. Ch- charges are really good <laughs> at, at um, competing in, in, in close games. If there was a Super Bowl for that, we'd have won it, but unfortunately, we don't seem to be winning a lot. I tell you what's a depressing stat. In our last 10 games, we're 2 and 8. That is not good. That is not good. That's better than the Panthers. (laughs) That tells you all you need to know, Dan. I I mean, on on the positives, I I, want to finish this note with some positive. Justin Herbert. Yeah, let's have him. Let's have him. Come on. You know, that that was a fantastic drive. Um, He he made some great plays. I mean, to to even do the trick play at the end there, you've got to have some courage and some belief in your own ability there. You know, Austin Eckler, we're getting him moving. down the field, Keenan Allen, 132 yards. We're doing a lot of good things. Unfortunately, those good things are being outweighed by the by the negatives. Um, but there's a lot to clean up. There's a lot to work on, and I think the mentality comes into this now, going into week four, because people don't want to start moping around. They get paid a lot of money. You need to pick their chins up, and this is where Anthony Lynn and his coaching staff are going to start earning their uh, dollar. Because if we go into Tampa Bay with our chin down, we're going to get absolutely tonked. Well, don't forget who's uh, who's week five. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll be Saints, that, that'll it? be the penalty bowl. That because those the Saints are just as bad as up us uh, as giving up penalties. Uh, but I reckon Michael Thomas comes back. Well, we'll get on that next week. If uh, there is a game, hat, if there is a game, breaking if... news, breaking news, breaking news. Big... Tennessee Titans, uh, at least nine members of the Titans have produced confirmed positive coronavirus tests. What now? What does it mean for team's week four game? Well, the Titans are playing the Steelers and the Vikings are playing the Texans. So you need to keep tracking that one. Um, Let's see what happens. What do they say? So it begins. So it begins. (laughs) It's it's a worry. But, you know, we stayed healthy on that regard. Um, And and a little thing, you, you mentioned Eckler as a positive. Um, he's the third in the league with all-purpose yards. You know, we've seen so much hype of the Chiefs' new rookie running back, and um, is it what I can never say the guy's name? Edward Hilaire, yes, something Clyde. like that. Yep, Edward Hilaire nailed it in one. Um, and he's getting all this hype, and 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 then Eckler's getting nothing, and I, nothing on Twitter. I'm not seeing it, and he's third all-purpose yards in the league, and. Um, you know, Kamara leads by a mile, but um, respect to the guy. We're getting the ball in his hands. He's actually doing a better job than I thought running it. Um, we, we're actually not a bad running team. You know, Kelly, fumble aside, he, he's a he's a that man is elite. That that guy. And I'm, this is the last time I promise I mention this guy's name on the podcast. Melvin Gordon. That's the last time. But <laughs> we we were frust- we were frustrated for years. That he had no vision. He would just be told to hit a hole and hit it. And if there was a big gap like he had in Wisconsin, he was gone. But if there wasn't, one yard, boom, you know, put on his bum. Kelly, the vision, the cut, the patience, the intelligence that guy has, he's elusive. If you get your hands on him, he can get out of it. He has a spin move. He just seems to be gaining positive traction, positive yards all the time. What a find. What round was he? Six or something off the top of my head. I think he was sixth round, wasn't he? So, we, you know, Tom Telesco, it can be hit or miss. I like the guy for building a team, building a roster, getting in the draft, finding prospects that bet make our team he, better. He was fourth round, just to jump in there. Sorry, Bez. 
Oh, stop bursting my bubble. Come on, <laughs> taking some shine off. But even then, you know, we're picking up players that have first-round potential, first-round vision, first-round burst. Let, um, let's not overlook Jalen Guyton as well. Two receptions, 23 yards. G-Money. Yeah, you know, he made the, he scored the touchdown reception touchdown last, last week. week. He, he's going to come in and, and he could potentially be the difference if if uh, Eckler's or, or Keenan Allen's take a particularly uh, bad hit on a drive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then... Oh, we haven't mentioned the loss of another defensive back, have we? Chris Harris Jr. Mm. On IR now. Yeah, for at least a month. So, that's another massive loss. That's another massive loss. Well, we do have a listener question coming up later all about injuries. So, um, I think we'll be talking about this in depth a bit later. Oh, did, um, did they really mention our interception? Oh, yeah, we didn't have one again. We, we 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 seem to be. This is the go thing Jack with, boys. with I don't go, Jack boys. The thing is, right? You can you can. I'm not going to tip the hat on the on the on the point later, but you can blame injuries all you want. If if you're any team, 32 teams can blame an injury for whatever. But my my biggest issue with the team is that Lynn and Gus Bradley are ingrained in soft coverage, never giving up the big yards, keeping it close, supposedly discipline. Um, no turnovers, and then you win more than you lose, and you get in the playoffs, which are expanded, and 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 th- that didn't work. The Panthers were able to come across the middle and move the ball down the field and score enough points, and our ill discipline and our turnovers lost us the game. It was the least Anthony Lynn performance of all time, and that makes me wonder. After he's had, he's had, we've seen it on Hard Knocks, the weeks he's had to get the message across. And that game just told me that but, it hasn't sunk in but, but it, for many it, it goes back to turnovers. I mean, look at Robbie Anderson. 55 yards receiving. We held him two on Sunday. I mean, that guy, he's had a pretty hot start to the season. And none of this would make sense. Unless you'd seen the game, that box score and the actual final score doesn't make any sense. But when you, when you start watching those individual errors, you'll see why we're one and two. And you can, I, I just you think Carolina wanted it more. You can jump into that with DJ Moore as well. I know you mentioned Anderson, but um, Casey Hayward held DJ Moore to only two catches. Yeah, that were sixty-five yards between those two catches. But you know, it, he was targeted four times, and they just Teddy seemed to just be dumping it off to Mike Davis for positive gain every time. He ran hard. He won me a fantasy yeah, matchup. Ma- so Mike I'll take Davis, it. I was really impressed with him. <laughs> that that dude ran hard. His um his week two match, terrible performance. Week three, it's shamed us. What what we don't want <laughs> is the SoFi to become the place where road teams want to visit. Spectacular up there game. That's what we don't want. Can you imagine if we go zero and eight <laughs> at home this season? <laughs> so it's okay because we'll be looking at uh, Dan's Dan's focus for the twenty twenty one draft, which was uh, Oregon's O tackle. Sewell, oh, yeah, so, uh, well, who's opted out for the season, so yeah, he's now every, ready. Every, so we could be after him. <laughs> yeah, so you know there is a, there is a silver lining. Look, guys, we, we, there is negatives. We've been upset by this. Um, it was the performance to forget. So let's forget it and let's look at the positives. Congratulations last week for uh, Was and Dan. You you collectively picked the defensive and offensive players of the week. Well done. I'm the only person here now left without one. Um, but let's look at the positives. Make your cases, guys. One offensive and one defensive player of the week. 
I'm going to start with you, Dan. Who is your offensive nomination for Player of the Week? Um, my nomination for Offensive Player of the Week is none other than Chargers tight end Hunter Henry with his seven targets, five receptions and 50 yards and just all-round dependableness. Is that a word? We're going with it. We're going with it. We're having it now. We're having <laughs> I'll take it. it. I like it. And, and he, his performance, if he keeps doing what he's doing you know, in the three games he's had, if he keeps doing that, I'd be all for signing the guy to a decent chunk of contract. So, yeah, I don't mind that whatsoever. Um, Was where are you headed? So, my defensive player of the week, he led the charge in tackles, Kaiser White. 11, he hasn't listened, 11 has he? tackles. Offensive. Oh, sorry. Offensive player sorry, of the mate. week. Sorry, I've got, I've got something in my ear. Offense. <laughs> yeah, Keenan Allen, 132 <laughs> yards, a touchdown. Keenan Allen? That's not yours. Yes, it is. You're Herbert. Oh, no, just, <laughs> we'll have to be cool. Who's your who was who's your offensive player of the week? <laughs> it's got to be Justin Herbert for his uh, for his gutsy uh, play, especially on that final drive, 99 yards. <laughs> oh dear. oh dear, that was take three, listeners. If you're yeah, wondering why yeah. we're pissing ourselves laughing. Yeah. Oh god, I love you, was. Um, yeah. No. No. You know what? It, it was a big boy drive. It was a there were some big boy throws. There was big boy clock management that told me who he can be, ten, and that's what I want on my football. Ten or fifteen on third downs as well. I like that. Yeah, he, he's the guy. It, it feels like you've got teams like the Browns who've been through how many quarterbacks, and we've it, for me it feels like we've gone Rivers Herbert, and I have no doubt about it. That's the transition. That's the era. We nearly got the stick era for a period, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, we didn't. So. Um, John, Costa Rica, who are you giving your Offensive Player of the Week, sponsored by, what are you? Coffee. <laughs> Come on, lad. Um, so my Offensive Player of the Week is not going to be uh, a real showy pick, mostly because there wasn't a lot of showing off on the offensive side of the ball this week. So ran out of players real quick. Um, but uh, I think for me, if, I look, if I'm looking at this game and saying, okay, well, what can I take away? What I can take away is I saw some progress from some players uh, on offense and defense. And some who I thought has taken another step forward, maybe wasn't elite and maybe didn't jump off the stat page or jump off the screen as all. This guy is just dominating. But a guy who I think has now in his third straight start taken another major step forward in his development, that's Forrest Lamp. I think Forrest Lamp did a great job at left guard. I think his pass blocking, which, you know, his his run blocking I thought was always very solid. I never had a problem with that. I was just really questioning his ability to pass block in the first two games, and he saw some some weaknesses there. I thought his pass blocking was phenomenal this game. No, it wasn't perfect, but I think the the progress you're seeing with Lamp, now that he's getting regular starts at left guard, now that he's getting those regular reps in practice, knowing, hey, this is my job to protect. This is my job to be the left guard. I, I just think that... Lamp's really done a good job of stepping up, so that's why he's my offensive player of the game. I love Lamp. We, we said it before, Lamp. and it's his last chance, isn't it? Really? Oh yeah, we do. But it's his last chance, and and actually, we're seeing what he can do. I think he's been dependable. You don't notice him being driven back into the Ooh. quarterback. So, so I'll, I'll take that. I'll take what I can get. Um, he's a bright spark in a very weak <laughs> position. Which the twi- which Twitter, li- uh, thank you for your responses to the poll. That was the uh, p- most disappointing position for, uh, for for our listeners was the O line. So uh, bright spark in there. Let's see if the uh, if you can win it. Um, my 
Offensive Player of the Week. And I, I, I think I'm in the box seat to win this because uh, it's Keenan Allen. Great, great game. He's just elite. He's proving it without a doubt this season. Cracking touchdown. He's all over the field. He bails Justin Herbert out when the pass isn't quite on the mark. Yards after the catch, elusive, leader of the team, and I've loved it. He is so gutted when it doesn't go right. The only wrinkle is that terrible hitch up to Eckler that could have won the game. Um, 50, I'll, I'll give it 50 50 on, on both of them. Keenan, no chance. <laughs> Mate, I'm giving the guy rugby lessons so he can pass it better to, uh, to, to out in front of Eckler. But, you know, it's not his job. It's, it's an unusual, unusual way to win the game. And I like the creativity. Um, just, a, just an honourable mention, I'm going with Keenan. I almost went with Steichen. And, uh, and, and his what? improvements on play calling. Yeah, I know. This might get you guys riled up. But I think our, our play calling from week one has evolved and improved. I think we've gotten creative. It hasn't, you know, in certain passes. And we tried to be too, on that, what was it? Uh, Mike Williams lost of 20 yards. We tried to get too clever. But I think the way we've manoeuvred the ball and given Justin Herbert an offense he's comfortable with and doing hitch passes to win the game shows an evolution. We're certainly not there yet. We have quite a raw offensive coordinator making mistakes, and there is a long way to go if he's ever going to be North Turner. But uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but oh, I, I've seen amazing improvement. So I'm going to, sh- I'm going to say from the sterile, awful offense of, of week one that we won, um, <laughs> he's improved in our two losses. Uh, perhaps that's part quarterback, but I, I think... You know, I'm reasonably impressed. But, you know, let's see. Well, Twitter, we're going to put the offensive players out. Um, defensive. And I'm going to go to Costa Rica. John, who is your defensive player of the week? Who's your nomination? Again, I think I'm going to have to go with somebody who maybe didn't have the stats that jump out on, on paper. Um, you know, but I thought that he had a very positive impact. And again, I think it's another player who has been given an opportunity to play more reps. And has improved, and that's uh, Nuosu. I think Nuosu, you know, had a solid game. He he was in there causing havoc and pressure. Um, you know, he didn't have a ton of tackles, but again, I, I think a lot of that is a function of the Panthers' offense just kind of dinking and dunking and getting rid of the ball, you know, fairly quickly to avoid you know too much pressure. Um, so I think it kind of made it hard for Nuosu, both in the D line in general, um, to to really get there. But I think. I think, you know, he led the team in pressures. Uh, I, th- I think that starting at the Leo uh, is what I think the Chargers want to do in the future as a backup plan in case they can't re-sign Melvin Ingram. Uh, and I thought he played admirably. Again, not great, not all-star uh, there. But I think that he showed more improvement and more stability at that position. And I think, in general, he's showing that he might be the backup to Melvin Ingram, and he might be able to start in lieu of Melvin Ingram should we not be able to sign him at the end of the season. So I think that is a positive, so I'm going to make him my defensive player of the week. Yeah, good shout. Underrated. I think our listeners will will appreciate the way he stepped up, even if the, you know he's, he's not that tier one elite. He, he's not that much of a step down, perhaps, uh, you might argue. Um, Dan, who is your defensive player of the week? Uh, so this week I've gone for Rayshon Jenkins. Um, he obviously okay. got the sack. Yeah, a couple of tackles for loss in total but most notably he was coming down and getting involved with the tackling in the middle uh, helping the linebackers out I just felt he he had a better game than we'd potentially give him credit for 
yeah, I, I tweeted at the time that he was impressing me, and he'd stepped up into into um, Derwin James's shoes. Seemed to be spying the quarterback. There were a few different people at different periods making reads on Teddy, and he was one of them. And he was looking. And then when he came off of Teddy and onto the running back, he was quick to react. Um, got us a few three if you tackles on third down. So yeah, great great nomination. Uh, was who, who are you going defensive? Um, uh, before I. Uh give you my nomination I'm just going to mention uh, an honorary defensive player for this week Justin Herbert he made a great tackle didn't he to, to, to... <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'm telling you right now you know lame the word is Justin Herbert the game two when he took on that linebacker and that linebacker was yeah. out of the game yeah. <laughs> I mean he yeah. knocked his block off it's happening when when and if Tara Telly comes back in they're going to play Justin Herbert linebacker. <laughs> interestingly, interestingly, yeah, interestingly, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, and Herbert have got something in common with Jerry Tillery. They all had a tackle. Ah, uh, <laughs> So, um, my nomination is Kaiser White. Um, oh, great shout! Eight yeah. solos and a tackle for loss. It's or a tackle and a half for loss. I mean. He's not something that we've really talked about through the first three um, games of the season, and I, I think he put himself about there, and, and he stood up to be counted, and, and that that's good. We get that competition going. Uh, and, oh, he balled out, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and yeah, decent. No, it's, it's an amazing dip. I think I think you could uh, you could sway sway the Twitter voters this week uh, with that with that pick. I'll challenge you though, Casey Hayward. Uh, I nominated him last week. I'll nominate him again. Because I slagged him off in the first episode of uh, of the of the season, he shut down his receivers. He only allowed DJ Moore uh, two receptions. He had pass deflection. He was the elite cornerback. I didn't think he would be. If you remember in preseason, I made some hot takes, and that was that Adderley might end up moving um, into corner and be better than Haywood because Haywood would regress. In week one, I thought I saw Haywood regress. Uh, in weeks two and three, he's been the lock lockdown corner uh, CB1 that I want for my team so props shout out to that man um, interestingly as much as he is impressive my prediction that Michael Davis would be a weak link and horrendous opposite him when when called upon um, sadly is coming true and my biggest fear against Brady Brady's mo- biggest talent uh, sorry to so, sort of tip the hat but here but Brady's biggest talent is figuring out Right, they're the strengths. I'll take those away by double blocks and ignore those. Where's the weakness of my opponent? There it is. An attack, attack, attack it. Michael Davis is going to get slaughtered. Um, but Casey, well done. You're my nomination. Twitter, get voting at Charged Up Pod. We're going to put the put the uh, the votes out and get you to decide on your team, uh, your offensive and defensive players of the week as nominated by the uh, Charged Up Bolts team. So um, thank you for your conti- continued contribution. Right, unless anyone else has a major rant, I'm waiting for John Ayres to interrupt me here. Um, guys, any last takes before we, we move on to listener questions? Um, anyone got anything they want to get off their chest from the Panthers game? No? Okay. So we'll move on. Uh, put the Panthers to bed and we're going to go to listener questions. Uh, thank you for your contributions. We've got We've selected three... Um, three of your uh, your questions um, I'm going to start off by going all the way to Costa Rica where Mrs. Ayres has come up with a, a segment she'd like her husband to cover 
um, it's hot seat, hot take. Um, which coach's seat should be on the thinnest ice? I'm going to go back to you, John. Uh, what's your opinion? Um, but I think George Stewart needs to have his job on the hot seat more than anybody else here. Yes, George Stewart is our special teams uh, coach. He's He was a longtime uh, assistant coach in the NFL. Um, he took over in 2017 as our special teams coach. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but since 2017, I have seen a special teams that has failed to score, except for a few random punt returns for touchdowns. I think we've averaged like one a year since he took over. No kickoff return touchdowns. I constantly see our special teams committing penalties. And how many times have we seen on a kickoff a holding penalty? How many times have we seen them take it out of the end zone when they shouldn't be taking it out of the end zone? How many times are we seeing a field goal attempt you know, made closer or even given a first down because special teams jumps off sides? If you clean up special teams, you can help out both sides of the ball a little bit. So. I love it. Dan, who are you just, putting just on what, the Sorry, just one on that. 32 years in the league, maybe he's just, you know, he, he's, he needs to evolve. Maybe he's, he's, he's too far down the line where he's, he's, he's not able to evolve as a coach. Maybe that's a problem, John. Stuart, Mike, which, which goes first? Special teams, punting and kickoffs all together or Stuart? Because <laughs> that's the way the league's going. I think you're being a bit harsh on um, Ty Long there. I think he did have... We had one where we pinned them um, in this week just gone. I think it bounced at about the three and then took a wicked oh, yeah. backspin bounce. Maybe just crossed the that ten. That was beautiful. But um, he's got it in his wheelhouse. He just... He's so slow at punting. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. Special teams, big problem. Uh, I think we also need to look at head strength and conditioning. Coach John Lott. Oh, um, no. He was, a, he was always, a Twitter I'll always be calling that out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll always be concerned with our strength and conditioning, just given the injury bug. I think we have known. <laughs> but I, I can't disagree um, with George Stewart. As much as he seems like a great person, I so does so does Lynn. That doesn't necessarily mean a great coach. That's a fair comment. I mean, was who are you going to agree? Have you got someone else up your sleeve? I no. I to be honest, I think this is one of the toughest questions we're going to get asked this year. Um, who's on the thinnest ice? Well, the book stops the head coach. If if you're going to play in terms of the actual question is, is directed. It's Anthony Lynn, but we've already spoken about this last week. It's going to take an awful lot for him to be removed out of that building by Tom Telesco. But he's two and ten is our record in the last ten games. It's, it's not great, and the cracks are starting to appear when Twitter's going fire Lynn, fire Lynn. You don't want to see that, and I don't want to talk about it. Um, Lynn's got a lot of experience. It's it's the same in any sport. It's players that can cost you your job. Mm-hmm. No, no one's going well, no to is... no uh, release Austin Eckler because he, he made that fumble on Sunday. But, it, you know, if, if that had been a game that we really needed to win um, and we lost, it was like your last chance saloon. Well, Lynn, Lynn walks, doesn't he? And Eckler's still there on the roster. So I, I, I don't want to see anybody getting fired. But I think... If you're going to look at it holistically, the, the book stops the head coach at this point in time. I get you. You know, Lynn, the thing we love about him, he's a leader of men. And we see on Hard Knocks how much we preferred him to um, to the Rams head coach. Uh, 
little the little, li- little general as I, the little general as I like to call him. Yeah, um, and and we preferred him. He's a nicer guy. You'd pr- prefer to go to the pub with Lynn than spend even a minute of, the, of your time with a little general. Um, and he's galvanised people. You think that they're on his side. They get on with him. It's a nice environment. And you think if that works and he can make them be responsible and disciplined and a unit, we love him. But in week three, we saw the opposite. So what's gone wrong? Is it too comfortable? Is there not enough accountability? Um, but I'm not going to agree with you, Was I'm not going to agree with any of you. And actually, I'm going to go off left field. As bad as we have it... I think we'd all agree that having Mike McCoy era was worse when we used to be 99% favourites to win every game and then lose them. And the Atlanta Falcons are going through that now with Dan Quinn, where they've lost every game and they've looked, they've had 99.7% win certainty last week and lost and they lost it. And the week before. So I've been there. We've all been there, Chargers fans. We know what that feels like when you have a team that can't finish and uh, so I'm going to I'm going to big up our neighbors at the podcast the Atlanta Falcons UK podcast and I'm going to nominate Dan Quinn of a completely different organization <laughs> to get the fire get the sack maybe we don't want to talk about something that I think that is um it is it's, we we talk about Mike McCoy and how bad he was as a coach and how much we hated him as a regime. And now we're talking about how Anthony Lynn has just, you know, he had a, he had a, he popped year one, but since he's had full control, I mean, it just seems to have gotten worse. Um, The one thing that is in common between the two of them is the man who hired them. That's Tom Telesco. No, John. No. No, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm, I'm going to stand up for my mate TT, and that's because we're a big boy franchise. It may not be executed on the pitch right now, but we're a big boy franchise. He has brought in talent to this football team. He has made us a better team. He has carefully managed the succession to Philip Rivers. He has weaknesses all coaches do, but I always ask myself this question. If I sack him, how much worse can it get? Should we have sacked Schottenheimer after we were in the playoffs to replace him with Norv Turner? In hindsight, the answer well, is no. That's because we should have sacked the no, GM instead. Absolutely. So you're- <laughs> Smith. I, yeah, no, I, I, yep. I agree. Well, there you go. I agree, sometimes it's, sometimes it's so, not the coach. So I, I, get, I get your point. Yeah, hello. No, no, no. I, I'm happy to keep his drafting skills, um, the atmosphere, the rebranding, the way he manages it. He has weaknesses. Um but like I think offensive tackle? actually replacing... Dan, Dan, jump in there, mate, because I've got a point, but I'm going to defer to Dan. Jump in um, there, buddy. I was just thinking, if if we were to make some kind of move in mid-season and we're, say we get that string of three potentially winnable games against the Jets, the Jags and the Dolphins and we do nothing in them and Lynn goes mid-season, who takes his place? Wow. Like, Because our current assistant head coach is the aforementioned George Stewart. Do we end up in a situation where we go, ah, oh, Lynn's not the answer, let's put George Stewart forward. I mean, obviously it should be someone Yikes. like Pep Hamilton maybe, because no Ooh, one can hate Pep Hamilton. Out. I'd love to see Pep uh, Hamilton, man, get the XFL going. Yeah! What about the quality control on offense um, assistant? Put him up, put Seth Ryan up. Seth Ryan? Interim. What is he, like, 15? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Come on, man. 
Yeah. No, no, it's, it's Pep Ham- It's Pep Hamilton. But like our current assistant head coach is George Stewart. Is George Stewart having any influence on the way that Lynn is running things? I, I, I guess we'll so. never know. Lynn, but... Lynn, to me, with all of his the good things that he does, he strikes me as a very stubborn person. He strikes me as a guy who believes, it, you know, his way is the way to do it. He is the guy who believes that if you execute and you protect the ball, you're going to win the game. Um, he believes in running Eckler I mean, up the middle. I mean, do you want me to? We're we, we, we to... we getting to a conversation now where we're basically talking Lynn out of a job, but. Stop it. Well, guys, I'm going to protect Lynn and I'm going to give you the doomsday scenario because I think this is real. Brace yourself very hard for this. Here if Tom Telesco goes, my hot take is that he's replaced by John Spanos. Stop that. Just stop it. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. He's been in every position in the organisation. Sorry, I had some interference in my headset there. I'll just just, just <laughs> going to re-plug back in. You look at his career; they are they are looping him up to get the experience to be a general no. manager. And I'm calling no. it now. It's not going to pay off for a year or two, but it's John Spence's next. I will I will leave the franchise. I, I'm telling you right now. Put it on the wall. If they hire John Spanos as the general manager, I am quitting the Chargers. I'm done. I will become a free agent, and I'll be and I'll be taking I'll be taking <laughs> applications for a new team because there's no way that I'm letting. John Spanos take over this team as a general manager. Just done. No. So, so season two of this season two of this podcast is is John Hares picks a new it's NFL a team. Show. I'll pick a, I'll pick a team for a week, see how I like it, try them out, just, and then pick a new team, and then at the end, we'll... just before. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write the last chapter of this doomsday uh, compendium yeah, yeah, that we've, on. we've unrolled on here. <laughs> I'd love to sit down with all the other thirty-one NFL head coaches. And possibly some that are retired and maybe looking to come back into football and say, tell me what you think you could do with that Chargers roster. Because I, I bet you there's there's people out there go, oh yes, they'll be licking their lips. Because on paper, we've already said it, we're not a bad football team. We're just playing really badly at the minute. And, that, and, and, I, and I think, you know, the play calling has been questionable at times, but a lot of the execution is down to the players. It's as simple as that. Let's move on. I don't disagree. Let, 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 yeah, let's move on, guys. You know, <laughs> thank you for your question, Mrs. Ayres. You got us all riled up. We we went from replacing a few coaches to hiring John Spanos as our GM. So, you know, I'm going to give you all nightmares tonight. If you can't sleep, blame me at Bez the Spaniard. Come and give me some grief. Um, question two is from Arms23 on Twitter, and John, this goes to what you were saying a few weeks ago. Um, are the charges cursed? We've had so many injuries. Chris Harris now on IR which means we have to play Michael Davis. Desmond King might get some snaps. Um, the the list of injuries the Chargers has, um, I think you put you made a case, which I'm going to let you make again in a second, um, about how we are always one of the most injured teams. But Derwin James goes down. Drew Tranquil, first game, fifth snap. Melvin Ingram's gone for at least a three more weeks. Mike Pouncey, done for the season. He's not coming back. Justin Jones, bright last year, he's gone. Chris Harris Jr., gone for weeks um here's a little fact for you i'll add that trey turner and uh, brian belaga are regularly off the field with injuries listen to this one before i pass you over john to get to go mad with this one but chris harris jr off-season signing we were excited about i talked about in that opening 
piece I had on on chargedupbolts.com that I was excited about him. Um, Chris Harris Jr. only missed five games in nine seasons with the Broncos. He will miss more than that in his first season with the Chargers. John, are we cursed? Is it real? I have to think so. Dan, are we, are we cursed? Is, is John correct? Oh, yeah, 100%. We are definitely cursed. I mean, it's... It's it's almost to be expected now every year, isn't it? You just go, right, who's going to be out this week? Um, I mean, you look at what happened to the 49ers a couple of weeks ago or last week and you think, yeah, that's shocking. But then you look at us and you go, yep, yep, we're there as well. We're there as well. We're always there. Um, that's why I called out the strength and conditioning coach. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know what to think anymore. There's got to be something bigger. Um yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's strange. So like, look at Philip Rivers; never got injured. I don't. I don't think Antonio Gates missed many games, did he? Well, Rivers got injured, but he carried on playing. Well, he carried. <laughs> oh, he got the obviously the ACL yeah. injury in the playoffs, but then that rolls into the new season, so it didn't. It didn't affect the, the games going forward. But you, you've True. got. You, I don't know. It, it's weird. There's got to be something. I mean, it's a violent sport. We know that. You know, it's, it's full-on aggression, and you are inevitably going to pick up injuries. But, I mean, good Lord, Chris Harris Jr., I mean, that just sums it up, doesn't it? You know, and, and Derwin James now, every, every time he gets healthy, there's going to be people down the uh, um, bookmakers going, uh, yeah, I'll have 3-1 to one on, on, on Justin getting injured, uh, sorry, Derwin getting injured within four weeks. And it's... And even if he doesn't get injured and then plays three full seasons, people will still say that he's injury-prone, just like Keenan Allen. Yeah. Oh, this, this is it. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a culture, and my worry is not about the injuries to, per se. It, it's a violent sport. Um, you know, John lays out the facts, but th- that thing, those things can happen. I, I worry that, there are, that we have players that bail on our team. And the injuries that would be playable or injuries that would be a few weeks can be season ending. Remember back to last season, Lynn made comments that Adderley had to learn how to play through pain. Why is Adderley choosing to, to sit on the sideline well, with this this injury and not play through? Why, why can't we motivate our if team you, if you, to well, get their asses on the field? And I'm not accusing the charge of this or anybody in pro football, but you look at the money that they're earning. If you go back 35, 40 years when the players didn't earn a great deal in comparison, you look at Walter Payton and the amount of get. I don't think he missed a game uh, after sitting on the bench saying, I feel a bit sore. You, you know, the, the equipment wasn't as good as it is now. Uh, and maybe there's an element nope. of, do you know what? I want that guaranteed money. I, I want my... Well, Melvin Ingram this well, season. Uh, can, do you mind just, just guaranteeing me my entire... Sal- oh, thank you. Oh, no. I, I'm injured. Stick me on IR. I mean, you know, protecting themselves, it's a feature of the modern game. I don't deny that there's there's injuries and illnesses and aches and pains and things like that, but um but I think there's also an element that some players when when the light is shone on them and things aren't going their way, they choose to sit for longer than they should. That's what I think. But then then there's a flip side to that. It, it was um it was it last week Joey Joey Bosa with the injured tricep, you know, it looked like he needed a fourth, fifth, or sixth lung there just to to get some air back in and get on the field, and he wanted to go. They held him back, so 
there, there are there are gladiators out there. But yeah, it only takes one or two to go in half-hearted and not make that block or tackle, and then it, mm-hmm. inevitably somebody else comes unstuck because they're taking a bigger hit. But it's true. Look, arms twenty-three. I hope we've answered your question. I think there's an element that we believe in the curse. I think there's an element in in that this roster has to man up and crack on, and there's some grey areas in between. Uh, come on, Tyrod, get that lung inflated and get on that field. <laughs> uh, I'm just teasing. So uh, thank you for your question. Hope we've answered that. Um, come at us with, with your your belief. I'm going to stick out another Twitter poll, uh, Other Chargers Cursed. Let's see what you think, listeners. Now, last but not least from the listeners, before we move on, uh, this is from two people, and I'm going to put two of their questions together because they link nicely. Sebastian in London and Concadan in on Twitter have both been in touch. Is the Chargers D all that? What would it take to make us believe in Gus Bradley? And with no turnovers, um, no flash plays, are they overhyped? I'm going to go for Dan for that one. I, I think you've got to believe in this defense. Yes, we may not have gotten pressure this week um, as much as we'd wanted, as much as we'd seen in the previous game against the Chiefs, but I don't think it's the defense that's causing us any problems. You look at the points allowed, it was what? It was 21 to the Panthers. Um, 23 to the Chiefs, was it? 23-20? Um, and again, limiting the the Bengals. Yes, it's the Bengals. They're not world beaters, but the defense is going out there. It's getting its end done. It's not necessarily getting the turnovers, but it's still got that bend not break in the red zone. Um, there's got to be some concern when with Bosa, you're not getting the the kind of pressure that you might expect and want. But overall, I, mean, I think they're... You say, you say that, but Bosa's leading the league in pressures. So... It, true, true. And he he's, what, three sacks on the season now? One a game? Um, so, yeah, I think, I think this defense is um, above average. Not top in the league, but you're definitely talking top half with the potential to be better if only everyone was healthy. But that's always the case. Was. Is the Chargers D all that? I, I, overrated? No, no, I don't think it is overrated. And and we, we've said this before. It's going to take some teams four to six weeks to get hot. Um, and maybe it is the Chargers are going to take that amount of time to start warming up. There's been no pre-season. Now, the other thing is... Chargers D has been slated as one of the best in the NFL, arguably the best secondary until we lost Chris Harris Jr. Now, if you're playing, if you're playing a high-level defense, and you're the um, offensive coordinator, you're the quarterback, you're the center, you know, you're on that front line. You're gonna be like, guys, we really, really need to step up our game here, or we're gonna get hurt. We're gonna be crawling off that field, uh, you know, you know, at the the, the end of the game. So people are going to have to step up. We've already said the Panthers seem to want the game more on Sunday. And maybe there is an element where it's like the Chiefs, people want to go out and beat the Chiefs. It's the Chargers' defence. We've got to go out and make plays. Look at the Legion of Boom under Seattle. Everyone went out to to stamp their authority on that secondary and didn't always work, but it's stepping up the game. We expected to blow the doors off off Cincinnati, uh, and we didn't. But then we, we played our tails off against the Chiefs. And I think there is an element of people stepping up to the challenge. So the Chargers defence, because 
the names of Melvin Ingram, the likes of Joey Bosa. You know, we, we've got a, a great rookie in Kenneth Murray, drafted up for the for the uh, young man. People are gonna people are gonna target those players. It, it, it's sport. You know for a fact, people. I've said this before. Tampa Bay are sat there now going, we're having him, I'm having him. And I'm sure the Chargers are thinking, Tom Brady, veteran, we'll, we'll show him. And it's competition, and, and you, you expect that. And I think it, at times it makes our job harder, but let's let's not let's not beat about the bush here. The Chargers D um, under Gus Bradley, um, not this season, but in, in, in previous years, we've, we've had some big games. Look at Tennessee at Wembley. That that was no, it was great. You know, and the only there. thing that's really changed is 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 a, is a personnel, and we've arguably got better because you've got Joey Bosa now is is um, he's got more experience in the league, uh, and we've invested heavily in that defense. And I I don't think it's overrated. I just think things aren't clicking for us right now. And you know, we 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 were very 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 close to defeat the Chiefs of the day, and there's not going to be many teams. In the NFL, that are going to do that this season, let me tell you. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's actually just about time for Gus Bradley's D to show up again. Those yeah. big games you mentioned yeah. was it's, it's time. Um, you know, John, do you think they're overrated? What, what Gus Bradley done for you? You didn't put him on the hot seat, so maybe not. Maybe you love him. Is he brilliant? Convince us. Um, so I think of all the coaches, I think his seat should be the coldest seat. I don't think he should be under any pressure. Yes, again, people want turnovers. People want, you know, big splashy plays. And that's great. But you know what I want? I want a defense that's dependable. I want a defense that's gonna hold the other team down. Exactly. Coming into this season we said, didn't we, this is a team built on the defense and it's the offense of side of the football where we we've got big questions. Tyra Taylor um led offense. And you're absolutely right, John. It's we talk about you know, execution and all three phases of the game. We've already put the uh, Stuart on the on the hot seat for coaching. We've already said that there's that there needs to be more um, execution offense. Let me just text. Let me just make a good point here. Melvin Ingram. Okay, people are questioning whether a 31 year old should be getting the guaranteed money. Well, yeah, because we really missed him on Sunday. Yeah, there's a reason why. Bose has had a lot of success because you've got that dual threat pass rush from Ingram and 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 Bose. I mean, Ingram is is you know you know he's, he he could have been a brilliant linebacker. He, you know he's versatile, he's mobile, he gets round he gets round the outside, he gets up the middle. People have to double. Well, according team. to Danny, he can play every well, single position. Well, he probably could. <laughs> I mean, look, hang on, how many interceptions have we had this season? One, Melvin Ingram. You know, we we missed him and. If you take away our key players, I mean, we're not going to know now, but God only knows what our team would have been like if we'd have had Derwin James running around the middle of the field there, you know? Um, I completely agree with everything John said. The, 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 and and the, uh, the, Look, these guys are pros. They know the score. The offence knows that it needs to step up to the mark. Special teams knows it has to step up to the mark. And they've got to make plays. They can't just rely on the defence. I mean... This is not the Bears of '85. This is, you know, football's changed, and yeah, defense wins championships. But you've got to have balance. You've got to have balance on the offense. You've got to have people that can make plays in special teams. You know, and and 
let, let's see what goes forward. The next couple of games will be a massive test. Still don't really know who the charges are. We won ugly. We came close to beating the Super Bowl champs and then we had a game to forget. You know, no one's going to beat up on the Chargers for losing to the Chiefs the way they did. There's going to be very few people or very few teams in the NFL that are going to take the Chiefs to overtime this season or next or the season after that. So we, we really don't know what we've got yet with the Chargers. And it's, I like that point. It's, it's a makeshift team. Yeah. Every week the, the offensive line changes, you know. People are having to step up. They're having to, they're having to do roles that they're not familiar with. I mean, <laughs> Justin Herbert's making tackles at the one-yard line, you know. People are balling out. It's going going back to John's point. It's everybody's got to step up. There's a fifty-three no. man roster for a reason. I I think it's perfect, Sebastian Conkendan. I think you know. Hopefully, we've answered your questions there. Um, I, I'm slightly on the fact that I think it could be uh, a bit worrying. Bosa could be found out. You know, he should be should have gone to the Forty Nineers <laughs> as I predicted before Get I had to eat my hat. Uh, and, and and NFL offenses have worked him out. Just just do a three or four hard counts, and he's going to bite, and you're going to get a first down. So uh, you, you know, I'm just messing. But uh, hopefully that answers your question, gentlemen. Thank you for sending them in. Um, we're going to flip now and move on to looking forward. That's in the past. We don't know who the charges are. We've seen some mess. Let's throw it away. Forget about it, uh, and look forward because we have expanded playoffs. So one and two is not the end of the world. Every team in the NFL is still in it. That might be debatable. The Jets, um, the Jets or not? <laughs> the Jets or not? 31. 31 uh, hang on, we, we, we need uh, the Jets to uh, hang in there on Thursday night because we want to see Adam Gaze getting fired at halftime against the Chargers like we predicted. <laughs> These hot takes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yes, so, the worst thing so the let's, let's start. Fired. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. They have a confident coach. I actually think they have some semblance of a team that can be maybe good. So let's let's hope for that. Um, but let's take our, our attention forward. It is Tom Brady week, uh, and and this is the one we went after him in preseason. Tom Telesco made I don't know how serious you think his attempt was. Some think we really went after him. Uh, others like myself think it was more more a PR stunt, uh, a front office play. John Spanos trying to be the GM. He'll he'll be one day and say go get me Brady. Um, but but he's, he's, we're going to, to see him. We're, we're travelling to Florida to to face off um, with his new team with Gronk. Um, and I want to ask you guys two things. I want to I want to throw it out uh, to you to say how do we beat Tom? We've top, we've never beaten Tom Brady as a start, as a quarterback on the field. We beat the Patriots once and he was injured. We've never beaten any Brady Patriots team. Will we beat him? And how do we beat him? Now he's moved to the Bucks. And on the defensive, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, do you start Herbert, or if t- t- how disappointed would you be if Turrod steps in now, uh, as he might? Um, and what are the, what are the what are the key points to beating this team on the road? Can we do it? Because it's a long road ahead if we don't. Dan, over to you. Of course we can do it. Um, is it likely? No. That's but... the spirit. <laughs> That's oh, yes, not the you spirit. You brought me back down to <laughs> um, earth. I just crashed. No, I. Th- I th- any given Sunday, um, you know. So yeah, we we can do it. We need we need that secondary to get a few takeaways. Maybe the return of Jaleel Adai means that he'll Ooh. tackle badly and injure someone, and then maybe we'll catch <laughs> a break. Had, you had to say you had to say his name on this podcast. <laughs> I, we avoided I, I it last I week when we signed him. 
um, necessarily in the game. I think it means a return for Desmond King. But um, yeah, we need we need the secondary to step up um, because not only have they got Godwin and Evans, uh, Brady's been throwing it to Scotty Miller quite a bit as well. Um, I mean, what did he have this week? Um, just checking now. Um, Scotty Miller, there we go. Five targets, three receptions, 83 yards. So Brady's spreading the ball around at will. He's got a few tight ends, a few running backs. He's got all the weapons he needs. And it's really going to be on the secondary to take some of those away. Um, and we need to get that pressure um, from non-Bosa D lineman. Um, Brady found Scotty Miller with a really nice pass on third down. It's a gutsy play and a great catch by uh, Miller. Yeah, he's he's, he's really stepping up this year. I mean, he, yeah. he had a pretty strong week one and two as well. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think we win. But I think there's a chance, and I think it comes down to the defense because I don't really have faith in there being any massive changes on the offense. Do we put Taylor in or Herbert? If Taylor's healthy, I think Taylor ends up going in. I, do I want it? No. Um, I've got my Herbert jersey on. Like I'm not going to be rooting yeah, for Taylor boy. to get back in there. Um, but he doesn't turn the ball over. There is that. But he also doesn't necessarily take the shots that we would need to keep up with this Bucks team. No, I, I like it. And I have you down from our pre-season predictions uh dan you were the only one of us to pick out a chance yeah. win. you went 17 20 in your prediction so yeah you, uh, you i've know, kind of flipped my script a bit there the most... now just just i yeah, i thought like that maybe brady would go to tampa and would just flop and it hasn't happened yet i mean gronk's taken a few weeks to get going but even he got going this week um but that was against the broncos so how tough of a challenge is that really <laughs> that is true. Um, Was uh, I have you down as a close Bucks win, and you only did that because you didn't want to be four and zero in can your I predictions. So, can go on, feel free, and uh, what, what are your right? Okay, on? so to believe it or not, I'm, I sat down this afternoon and, and watched Bucks tape. Um, I really, really like this team. We ne- we didn't know what we get with Tom Brady going down there. I love Bruce Arians. I, I think he's I think he's a great head coach. Um, the, the player seems to respect him, and he seems to get the most out of you know quarterback whisperer, clues in the title. Okay, I don't know what the um, quarterback coach is doing down there with Tom Brady. He's probably pretty bored. He's probably working with the uh, the uh, QB uh, two and three. But I I know it's only Denver. It's only Denver. It's a pro team at the end of the day. I thought the books did a really good job on Sunday. Um. Brady's making the use of all his weapons. He's got Gronk. We talk about getting warm. Gronk now, uh, 38 yards on Sunday. That was his biggest total. I mean, that that matchup there, that that duo, it's been around for a, a long time. They will make plays. Gronk, we talk about people stepping up and having a bit of uh, metal, showing a bit of moral courage. Well, Gronk's your man, isn't he? He's the MP, MVP for the, the Man of Steel. He'll play with broken bones. Um the thing that concerns me is the offense. I think the defense can do uh, a decent job. You're not going to stop Brady. He's like Mahomes, but he's he's got he's obviously got more about him. I think I'm right in saying that Tom's won as many Super Bowl rings as the entire AFC West. I think the AFC West combined seven. Is Tom got six? 
sadly. Yeah, so very sadly. You know, you know, there's a reason why he's still playing at 43 years old. He's there's, there's people of his sort of calibre. Um, there aren't too many of them around. Now, protection. How are we? If we haven't got Melvin Ingram playing, which we haven't, who steps up and provides that pressure to you know supporting Joey Bosa? I don't know if you've actually scouted the offensive line for the books, but Ali Marpet is ranked as the highest guard in the NFL by PFF. And then you've got Alex Kappa at right guard. He's ranked 19th. So that they've, they've got they've got a basis there, a really good offensive line. Uh, and it's whether or not we, we can get pressure. We need to play like we did against the Chiefs. Hit Mahomes early, get around the outside, disrupt the... Disrupt the pass, stop the run. He's going to make plays. You're not going to stop that. If you watch Tom Brady's tape from the the game against Denver, he made some seriously good throws, seriously good. And you just have to be on your game. Avoid the penalties at all costs. It's going to happen. It, it, unfortunately, with the charges, turnovers, we need to stop the fumbles, ball security. We're not going to do this by defense alone. We've already we've already spoken about it. I mean, the, the books are, are, are no slouches. Um, rushing defense, passing defense, fifth and third respectively. People are tipping them as outsiders to go and win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to go that far, but you'll be you will be watching Tampa Bay in the postseason. They've got too much quality on their roster underpinned by a veteran quarterback that's been there, seen it and done it, overarching uh, uh, big brother Bruce Arians. It's got the ingredients there for a really deep <laughs> run in uh, post, post-December. Unfortunately, the Chargers come into town. Uh, you know, we're, we're um, underdogs, seven and a half against the spread. And the Buccaneers getting warm now. They've lost their opening game to the Saints. They've won two on the spin. You know, Brady's 71 for 109, 753 yards, six touchdowns. He's had a pick, which is which is inevitable in the football league, but I, it, it's all there. It's, it's all there for the Buccaneers. If they don't make the postseason, it's, it's on them, really. Um, I, I just think they're a really good team. Anton Winfield, that oh, rookie. Look. Just look at this. He's dripping all well, over Brady. I'm not having it. No, the, the, the team in general, I think we can stop hating Tom Brady now he's left New England. No, we can't. <laughs> I mean, he's one-handed pass to OJ Howard. That was that was um, insane. One, the pass under under the coverage, and, and two, the actual reception uh, to get away with it. Um, Mike Evans, no, this just... is an interesting stat. Mike Evans, two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns against... Denver, when when the when the when Tom Brady, you look at Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, um, Pat, Patrick Mahomes, when they're in um, short and short uh, and uh, goal situations, you always feel like they're going to make a play, and that's exactly what Brady did on Sunday with the Chargers. You're like, are we going to end up kicking a field goal here? And that could be the difference. I said that the difference against the Chiefs ultimately was was uh, Mahomes. And I think it could be Brady could be the difference here because we're not going to put 24, 28, 30 points on the board. It's not going to happen, unfortunately, uh, in my opinion. So it's trying to limit their offence as much as we can. And we've got to, we can't just keep going 
three and out. We can't get going for three. It's not going to work against this Tampa Bay um, team. So, uh, yeah. No, I, I agree with a lot, but there's one thing I do disagree with. You said that the quarterback's coach has nothing to do. Tom Brady's a system quarterback, and uh, that means that the, the coaching staff and the quarterback coach have a lot to do to get uh, someone into their system and, and make it, 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 it was a it, it was a flippant <laughs> remark about schooling him and, and, and techniques and all the rest of it, you know? Yeah, because because he's so poor and he he is just a system quarterback. He he was carried by the Billichek defense <laughs> and um, <laughs> five yard dunk passes. Um, uh, John, you had a very close twenty twenty one Bucks win. Do you think we can hold on that close? Really? I do. Um, I think that that's probably holding true. I think again, it's going to depend on how this defense is able to handle Brady. Um, I think that there's actually a, a very good chance that it's actually going to be 24 to 20 now. I think that uh, with given some of the injuries, uh, the defense is sustained. I think that there is probably a, good, uh, a likelihood that it ends up 24 to 20. Uh, I think that the defense for the Bucks is is kind of scary. I mean, they they're kind of in a similar boat as the Chargers. They've got a top 10 um, ranking in uh, points allowed. Their top five ranking in total yards allowed. Um, they've got six turnovers on the year. Um, that's, you know, it's, they're a pretty solid defensive unit. Uh, the defensive line up front is, is kind of scary for me. I think they can get after the quarterback. I think they can cause havoc. And I think given the way our offensive line is playing right now, it's, it, that is not a great matchup for us. Um, they've got a good set of linebackers there. Um, safeties are pretty solid. I think their cornerbacks, though, are a little suspect. So that might be something that we, if we can figure out how to you know, get Kenan Allen and one of the cornerbacks out on the island or get Hunter Henry covered by, you know, a smaller guy and, and create some mismatches. I think there's there's definitely an opportunity for for uh, the Chargers to exploit in there. And I, and I think they are going to put up some points because they're going to have to be. Uh, you know, uh, the one good thing that I will say is that the Bucks are definitely prone to turning it over so far this year. Um, they, they only have a plus one differential because they've got three interceptions to two fumbles. So... Those are things that if our defense can figure out how to force the issue, you know, we can we can get some turnovers that could help us flip the script, like the way we've let other teams flip the script. And you know, the, the biggest issue for me though is that this defense is is built to bend and not break. And the biggest problem is that Brady is not is not a break you type quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. He's a bend you quarterback. He's a dink and dunk and find the open man and the quick pass and the occasionally taking a big shot down the field. But really, it's really about moving the ball and methodically getting down the field and scoring. And I think that is a type of offense that the Chargers are going to struggle against. Luckily for them, they're not going to have to spy the quarterback like they had, like they said they did against Teddy Bridgewater, which again, not sure why they did that for Teddy Bridgewater because the dude is one of the slowest guys in the league. Brady might be able to actually outrun him, to be perfectly honest. Wow. But I don't think they're going to have to worry about you know spying him like they did Kansas City uh, and Mahomes beating them on third and long with his legs. So that that's going to open up the ability for them to kind of maybe move some things around and do some special things. And you know, ultimately, I think it is going to be a close game, and I think it could be you know I could see the Chargers leading you know twenty seven or twenty to seventeen. Um, but I just my biggest fear is that. You know, it's a 17-17 game, uh, and it's a similar script to the Chiefs. The Chargers drive it all the way down, but then poor play calling in the red zone forces us to kick a field goal. Now it's 20-17, to 17, 
we're kicking it off to Brady, and Brady's just going to take it all the way down the field and score that touchdown, take the final lead of the game. I just, I just see that happening. I don't know why that feels like that's kind of how it's going to go. I'm really interested to see how uh, Joshua Kelly and, and Eckler um, compete against the uh, Buccaneers linebacker group because they're, they're pretty tasty. Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul and Devin White. White's leading the team in tackles at the minute. Uh, he's a bit of a beast, second-year pro, so they're going to be good in the middle of the field. Hey, we'll see. I mean, you know how Anthony Lynn is. Anthony Lynn is big on don't make mistakes, don't, don't turn the ball over. So after Joshua Kelly, the rookie, who he wasn't going to play uh, until, jo- uh, until Justin Jackson got injured anyways, like, I'm worried that Lynn is going to take his general, you know, got to protect the ball at all costs, who cares if the offense doesn't move the ball, as long as we don't turn the ball over, kind of stance, and holds Kelly out of the game. And, you know, we, we saw a pretty dominant touch uh, and snap disparity in that game um, between Eckler and... Uh, Kelly, part of them sure had to do the fact that they were down most of the game, so they were in a lot of more passing sets. So yes, you're going to have Eckler up more often than not when you're in passing sets. So that probably contributed to that, but ultimately I, I am worried that once once Kelly fumbled, he was kind of a, well, maybe we'll let you in to do a couple breathers here and there, and that's going to be useful in Tampa because, you know, we really just – Things that does, it's not about scoring points. It's not about moving the ball. It's about not turning the ball over. That seems to be his one mindset: is don't turn the ball over. So I'm worried about what he might do. I'm worried about you know that play with Mike Williams. Maybe it was a poor play um, design, or maybe it was a poor play call at the time. But I like the fact that they are getting creative, trying to be agile, trying to do reverses. And my worry is that because that turned into a fumble, um, you know, because they had some issues on the ball, that Lynn's going to tell Sykin, hey. Let's dial it back. Let's get back to charger football. Let's get back to pounding the rock. Let's get back to just running the same 10 plays over and over again. Like, I'm really concerned because if they do that against the Bucks, the Bucks are going to eat them alive. And it's not going to be a good game. So I, I, I'm very worried about all of those things. I, I completely with you. And I mean... I've seen that evolution with Steichen and the offense. Whoever it sits with, I've seen them open it up a little bit. And, and if we see that regress, um, Turrod comes back in and we play this dink and dunk Eckler up the middle offense, then I will scream. Um, I don't, an interesting stat, when leading the games that we've we've led and we've been you know playing well, the first two, Joshua Kelly had 51% of the snaps um, at running, running back says a lot about his style. He had 30-odd percent in the Carolina the Carolina game, which is partly due to the fumble, but also partly due to perhaps that isn't the offense when we're, when we're behind. So I don't perhaps see Kelly having the biggest game in Tampa because I think we'll be behind. But I'm going to rewrite the script. I said we were going to lose this game by a field goal. I said that, you know, Brady knows us, Brady will win. Bucks have a great team that's quite scary on paper. Throw it, screw it up and throw it in the bin. I said this on Twitter, right? And every week I've made a bloody hot prediction that's come true. I said first sack was going to be Jerry Tillery. I said Herbert would be our QB before week three. Hello! <laughs> and my, we, I said before the game on Twitter that the games people think we're guaranteed to win are the games the Chargers lose. That's the Panthers. I'm going to get this out even earlier. The Chargers do one other thing very predictably. The Chargers win random games that everyone thinks they'll lose. This is the one. I'm changing my prediction. We're going to win this game because 
we're going to react. We're going to come if, out. We're going to be. If your tape off, yes. you can tell all the <laughs> listeners December's Powerball numbers. All right. <laughs> yeah, mate. Exactly. Four weeks on the trot. But I, I'm I'm calling it now. We're winning this game. We're sitting Brady on his behind. We up our game. The penalties are cut out. Responsibility endures, and we go in the mighty two and two after the first uh, four games, which is my prediction. However, you want to have got there. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't. Guys, bit of positivity. I don't that take. And there's a there's a part of me that feels the same way. I think we're all kind of counting them out, especially after that poor showing against Carolina. I just think that now everybody's going to be counting them out, and this is kind of the game that they just step up and look like a good team again. And you're just like, well, why can't you just play like this every game? So, I, I don't hate that take. I think if I'm if I'm putting money on it, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my side of it and take a 24-20 loss. But there is a part of me that does have this feeling that you know they're gonna surprise everybody. Take the win. You know, everybody's ready to crown the Bucks. you know, a Super Bowl contender. Uh, I don't think they are. Um, and I no, think no. that, you know, nothing's, nothing would be sweeter for the Chargers than to knock the Bucks off this high horse pedestal that they're on. You know, and, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. Why? Because somehow Brady moved from the AFC East to the NFC South, and then all the rest of the teams in the NFC South turned into the AFC East. I mean, they're just. I mean, the the Panthers are, are are trash. We lost to that trash, but they're still trash. The Falcons can't. I mean, basically, the Falcons have turned into the Jets. The Panthers have turned into the Dolphins, and the Saints have turned into the Bills yeah. somehow. Like, I'm not sure what's happening, but Brady has somehow voodoo magic Brady'd his way to turning the rest of the teams in his division to shite. Which means, guess what? <laughs> guess what? They're moving on to the playoffs and they're winning their division because guess what? That's what Brady does. He just wins the division because everybody else in the division sucks. Mate, mate, just when when the devil visits all of you and asks for your soul, get a good a deal as Brady did when he Whatever, sold I mean, his. Because, I mean, it's not just like, oh, I, 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 want, right. I want to be the best quarterback in NFL history. That wasn't enough. He's like, I want to be the best quarterback in NFL history. Oh, and I want to marry a supermodel. Oh, and I want a lot of sweet endorsements. Oh, and I want a, and, and I want a beautiful face. Like, come on, man. Come on, devil. You got to strike a better deal than that. I said, I said if we lost the Jets, I was going to do the next podcast with pants on my head and pencils up my nose. If we go 0-3 against the NFC South teams, I'm getting my legs waxed. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. He's uh, he's off to the beauty parlour, guaranteed. Guys, thank you for your listening to questions. Keep them coming at charge.pod. Um, we want to hear from you. We want to uh, thank you to all the contributions. We want to answer your questions. There have been fantastic ones. There have been some people even tweeting while we're live recording. Similar questions that we answered, and I hope we answered what you're burning your burning questions were. Um, we will be back next week after our victory against Tom Brady. Uh, you can bank on that. Thank you for listening. I've got social media, guys. Where are you at? Endzone85. Uh, a big shout out to Curtis Egan and Lee Wakefield, two of our uh, beat writers. You can find me at, at AdroitAirs, hashtag Audible Chocolate. And you can find me at UKLA Chargers. My, my account's at Bez the Spaniard. And the Charged Up Pod, at Charged Up Pod, is the uh, podcast Twitter handle. And follow us and Charged Up Bolt on Twitter for the magazine handle, website handle, for live tweets during games. Um, I was I was going mad during the, the last game with some some hot takes, some rants, uh, some... some uh, 
some live polls. So come and get involved, follow us. Um, it's great to have you. It's Tom Brady week. Let's have it. Thanks for listening.